Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another fabulous episode of the Creative Writing Motorcycle Podcast. This is episode number 200 and blonky stonky. Uh, Tobor, you could have came in right there with a nice sound effect. Um, but anyway, this is uh, one of our episodes, and I hope you stick around for it. With that, let's get into some intro music. Make it that easy. And uh, on this week's show, we're going to talk about the Blue Line Special. If you're too young to know about the Blue Light Special, that's something that happened at Kmart. I'm kind of even too young to even know what that was all about because I was in a shopping age back when I heard it, heard jokes made about it. But uh, nonetheless, it ties in with something that we're going to talk about on this week's show. And if it sounds like I'm also stalling for time for our uh, esteemed engineer and producer, Gloria, over here to get uh, her hands on the controls and for to get them off of Tobor, he's got a... Tobor, you don't, you don't even eat... Uh, you know, uh, organic materials. I don't know how you'd be choking on a chicken, like thigh bone at this point, but it's happening. Welcome to Creative Writing. Moto One Podcast Network. You're listening to Creative Writing Motorcycle Podcast. The podcast that's kind of like a bad rash. We come back every week no matter how hard you try to stop us. Join our supporters by heading over to patreon.com forward slash creative writing to find out more. You can find us on every single social media outlet in the entire universe, even ones that haven't been invented yet. And now, let's talk about all things two-wheeled, except for bicycles and trikes. Well, let's talk about them too. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Yay, everybody. Welcome to Creative Writing, the Internet's least competent motorcycle podcast. This is your host, Junkforth M. Turdmanovich, and I am here in the studio with my lovely robotic friend, uh, Chris Wiggins. No, I'm just kidding. It's Tobor. Hey, welcome, Tobor. How you doing there, buddy? Oh, my God. Welcome to another great show. Yeah, welcome to another great show. Tobes, how you doing today? Um, you look right as rain, my friend. Is that, what, is, that a, uh, is that a good phrase to say to a robot? I don't know if electronics and water... Well, I guess they do. Yes. Good evening, junkie. Yes. Very nice way. Very uh, laconic way of just saying shut up. Yes, junkie. I'm here. I'm present. Yes. Hey, Tobes. Um, again, we are back on Sunday now. We were on Wednesday for like two weeks in a row because I, I think you had messed up. Uh, well, I don't want to say you messed up, but um, hey, who does our contract negotiation? I'm in charge of that one. Yeah. And did you know we're not in the GSXR 600 FM studios in Burbank uh, this week because you messed up the contract a little bit? All right. Oopsie. Yeah. So I'm putting it on you that we are um, not there and that we are back in the filthy dumpster behind Leroy's here in lovely Monrovia. If you uh, are on, what's this, Foothill? Uh, yeah, head behind. Go to, go back to the dumpster and grease traps, and you will find our little studio Quonset hut slash cardboard lean-to back here. Um, yeah, so hey, we're back for another great week, another great show. Two more weeks, actually, to go until, let's see, this weekend. Uh, 
next weekend, and the weekend after that will be Spooky Spokes. Uh, Halloween is on, what, a Saturday this year, the 30th, so or 31st? So um, please get your Spooky Spokes submissions in by next Friday, the 30th, so that we can put out an epic Halloween show. <laughs> And um, let me see, every, this will be the fifth Spooky Spoke or sixth, I forget. Uh, So I think this will be the fifth one. So yeah, I'm excited. Every year we have some great entries. Um, Last week we played you one. I will not disappoint. I will hook you up with another one this week. And um, let me see. Yeah, we will have some really good, hopefully this year, some really good entries. One of a, a, a new listener, I'm pretty sure, um, is going out and did some moto camping this past weekend, I think, and uh, out near a ghost town or somewhere here in California that's very ghostly, which there's a lot of ghostly places here, and uh, went out and did some moto camping, maybe solo moto camping. That's pretty ballsy. But, um, but yeah, hopefully got a good story and had a good time. What, uh, before I get into this week's show, what have you been doing to be having a good time? Um, I can tell you what I've been doing in a second. Are our levels good, Tobor? I feel like if I turn myself up now, we're doomed. We're just going to scooch this up to level 10. There we go. Sorry for blowing your eardrums out now. <laughs> um, Tobor, when you see a mouse in the studio... Uh, I authorize you to go ahead and uh, step on it. Oh, not a step. Step, Tobor. Um, so, hey, listen, this week on the show, we have a couple things. I haven't really been able to research the news. I've been, I've been, this is a story of my life every single week. Busy with work, right? I'm busy with work, guys. Come on. Give me some slack. Give me a break. Um, so I've been super busy with work, super busy with everything right now. So I, I, the stuff I love, which is, uh, podcasting and all that great fun stuff, um, and reading motorcycle news and bringing it to you, bringing you some insiders and insights and all that great jazz. Uh, I haven't been able to do after work. I I mean, I guess if I don't eat, um, if I quit trying to take, uh, be healthy, and I've been trying to work out here and there for like the past three months. It hasn't been working out like it used to, but um, I've been trying to make time for myself, for my health, and uh, you know all the other stuff we have going on outside of the, the uh, outside of work and and all that great and and podcast stuff. So, needless to say, I really haven't had time to keep up with the motorcycle events. I've been hearing about them here and there. I've been listening to podcasts here and there. Then again, I don't sit down and listen to podcasts eight hours a day anymore. And I haven't hardly been able to do that since uh, March when all this, uh, when the earth turned on its axis and started rotating the other way for a few uh, unknown amount of time. Um, And so my apologies for not knowing every single damn thing, but I I do through my coworkers who are still on the same workload and haven't had stuff increase, um, have heard some things happening in the motor motorbiking world, and let me uh yep and let me pull this up here. Okay, so I'm going to tell you all that stuff that I heard from them, which I used to read myself, and a couple of little other things that I did take time to read before. I started the show tonight so that I could at least feel like I know what's going on. I used to know everything that's going on from the inside and out. Now I, I, I work all day, I come home, I eat, I fall asleep, 
rinse, ride, repeat. And on that note, I would like to say uh, we recently got a August. Well, I'd have to go back to August 28th. But we got a review, our first review in a long, long time from Rachel Ever After, the from August 28, 2020, that says, Love you, ma'am. Take a breath, ride, and be safe. Well, uh, thank you, Rachel Ever After. Is that the most recent review? Uh, yeah, my fa- one of my favorite reviews is uh, I Couldn't Listen Anymore. That was it. That was in November. That was after IMS last year, after I screamed, yeah, hot dog for 30 seconds straight doing a mic check. Um, and the other one that says this this uh, podcast is about porn and not, not motorcycle stuff. So those are two, two of my faves. This one, definitely another fave, a five-star from Rachel Ever After. Thank you so much. And even though it's from August and things even go, only got more hectic since August, um, love you, man. Take a breath. Ride and be safe. Really is resounding right now for me because uh there's so much stuff going on the end of the year pardon me the end of the year i had to choke out a little covid there the end of the year is getting even more hectic and crazy as it do you know as it do oh yeah shoot i haven't even done christmas shopping yet and it's like next month i feel um anyway First things first, let's concentrate on some Spooky Spokes. If y'all don't know, uh, Spooky Spokes is our annual listener submission share. And uh, every year, some people write in with a spooky uh, spooky, um, event, usually motorcycle-based. That's what we strive for here. Uh, I haven't never got artwork yet. I've only got stories, which I love. Um, This week's story is going to come from... um, Another one of our patrons wasn't a patron when he sent in Spooky Spokes the last three years, only became a Patreon supporter recently. Um, So hopefully this one um, is really funny and you like it. But yeah, this guy is a really good guy and and he loves Spooky Spokes. I've been trying to think of, um, this is going to tie in with our our main main segment today, but I've been trying to think of more ways to engage people like Spooky Spokes, like Solstice Slam. Those are our two uh, listener-submitted shows that we do every year. We we threw Solstice Slam out the window because it was in the middle of the pandemic. I knew everybody else had, or the middle of the pandemic this year. I don't know how much longer this thing is going to go on for, but um, usually we do it around May, and of course March, April, May, that's when things were going, uh, going sideways even further. And um, that is kind of a celebration of like the springtime and getting out and riding again and doing some fun rides and submitting anything related to motorcycling, period, be it art, music, blah, 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 blah. So if you want to contribute anything, we set up a page on Facebook called Cobra, which is a community, uh, was community online, God, what is it, bike Bikers, writers, and artists, something like that. Community community operated. That's what it is. I made it up and I can't even remember it because it's been a while. Community operated bikers, writers, and artists. And it's a place for you to put your um sorry about that. I'm super uh, yawning right now. I didn't do my vocal exercises before I got on mics. I think my brain my mouth moving so much is running my lungs out of air before I get done with my sentences. So let me take a deep breath. Take a deep breath, ride, and repeat, or whatever that review said. Ah, yeah, there we go. All right, so 
yes, it's a community online, um, basically bikers and arts. Uh, you can put pros on there. You can put artwork on there. Some people have submitted some great stuff. It's pretty cool. I love it. I want to see bikes on there. I want to see artwork of bikes on there. And this is the great part. You don't even have to, it doesn't have to be your bike. You don't have to own a bike. Maybe you're a little kid and you just want to draw a bike and put it on there. Maybe you're a really old man that used to ride and your legs fell off and your eyes fell out and your hair turned into sauerkraut and you can't ride anymore. And now you want to kind of try and scribble something on a piece of paper and put it up there. I would love, love, love to see that stuff. That's what it's all about. And I'm going to save all of it and plap it into Solstice Slam for next year. And you're going to win something. So what are you going to win this year for Spooky Spokes? Well, I've up. I've upped the ante, um, I don't know, a little percent <laughs> from last year. I've never told anybody before what they're going to win. I just kind of like hinted on uh, Facebook and then Instagram a little bit, some pictures of this and that. I said, hey, maybe I'll do this, maybe I'll do that. A lot of the stuff was handcrafted, so that's why I wasn't 100% sure when it would be done. <clears throat> and right now I can tell you that I really want people to be able to use the stuff this year that I, that I get. So instead of like handcrafting a bunch of weirdo stuff and, and uh, getting you a coffee mug, what I'm going to do is I'm going to, uh, first place to spooky spokes is going to get a gift certificate to cycle gear. It's not going to be like 500 bucks or anything like that. This is all, um, Patreon driven. So it's going to be probably, I'm guessing, well, I've already got the gift certificate so I could tell you and their cards by the way they don't give you certificates anymore can you believe that or or foods uh cycle stamps <laughs> food, food stamp style gift certificates they're gift cards and um they're for cycle gear because i figured cycle gear is next to everybody um i'm not you know i don't know if everybody's next to uh uh what's it called uh alpine stars dealership or a uh sw motec or you know what what people ride Everybody, no matter what they ride, what their size, what their age, um, and even if they don't even have a motorcycle, if they have a side-by-side or something, you can all go to Cycle World. Boy, girl, man, woman, goblin, troll, whatever you are, you can go to Cycle Cycle Gear. Did I say Cycle World? Uh, that's the Cycle World Emporium. Cycle World's actually a magazine. Um, so I don't think you can wear anything that they make unless you like wearing paper. Uh, Cycle Gear. Hopefully I was thinking Cycle Gear that whole time. Uh, so cycle gear, I, I'm thinking people can use from whatever's from there, right? Uh, so the first place winner is going to get um, 50 bucks to cycle gear. Second place is going to get 25 bucks, um, and then on top of that, you're going to get some handmade crap from Junkie, a bunch of stickers, and I think I'm going to do another drawing. I mean, I know I know it's only two weekends away, but you would be, you wouldn't believe the uh, incredibly quick turnaround that. Um, What's it called? Uh, the sticker company that I use does. I think it takes them about a week after they get the proof. So if I get on it tonight and draw something, uh, they can have it back to me and probably ordered, and I can get it by the time Spooky Spokes is over, which gives us a week to judge the stories and everything and then announce winners in like the first or second show of October uh, of November. So, yes, submit something to Spooky Spokes and uh, go out and get a scary ride. You're going to win uh, something to... First place, like I said, cycle gear. Second place, cycle gear. First place, we'll get like a little bit of something funky from Junkie, maybe even a, a drawing, one-off drawing. 
um, of the inside of my uh, left eardrum, which is or left ear, which is disgusting and creepy, very Halloween oriented. Looks like you're looking into a haunted house. Uh, there's a there's a clown with a knife in there. Um, and then, like I said, second place will get a little bit less. And also, heads up, Patreon supporters, you also get a chance just for being patrons at the five dollar level and above. Um, I believe if you read the Patreon contract, that's what it say. Uh, you are entered into Spooky Spokes uh, and Social Slam automatically. So you get two chances to win. Submit a story, hey, you get a chance to win. Don't submit a story and just be a jerkwad, eh, your, your name still gets thrown in the, in the ringy-dingy. I say you should be able to... Um, you shouldn't be able to win unless you uh, submit. Like, that's the fairest way to do it. If you submit to a contest, you win. And if you are a patron, you get two uh, name put-ins for every submission you do. I think that's a more fair way to do it rather than saying, hey, you don't have to do nothing. You just win. Um, you already win being a Patreon supporter, and so do I. And I thank everybody at Patreon so much. Um, and you guys are responsible for uh the show happening every every month and being able to do this contest in the first place so i guess i'll let it slide this year but next year next year i'm going to make it where hey you you automatically get in entered into our submission episodes but if you submit something i'll throw your name in there an extra time for every submission and you can't win the grand prize i don't know i'll have to figure it out and make some some sort of disclaimer on there i don't know Anyways, our patrons are never uh, short of story and never short of uh, participation, that's for sure. And so uh, I've heard from almost all of them every year. So yeah, please, submit something to Spooky Spokes. Turn it into us by the uh, 30th of October so that we can put it out that Saturday, which I believe is Halloween. And hopefully we'll have the judging done by Dios de los Muertos, which is, I think, like the first week of November, or maybe it's the second week. Might be at the beginning of the second week in November. Um, anyway, I'll look it up and see when it's going to be going down. So it, we just need a couple weeks to listen and judge and, and uh, set everybody up and announce the winners. So having said that, submit that stuff in, uh, record something on your phone, uh, type it up and email it to creativewritingpodcast at gmail.com. You can just record something on your phone and send it via email to creativewritingpodcast at gmail.com. Um, is there a simpler one I have? No, I don't. Um, and then also you can, let me see, what was the other thing? Oh, just send, uh, pin it on Slenderman's back, give him uh, the Creative Writing Headquarters address and tell him, go find these chumps, kill them, deliver my letter to them for me. Kill their neighbor. Deliver the letter for me and then kill their neighbor. Whatever whatever Slender Man does. Um, but anyway, yeah. So do that. Hear your story on uh, on the air. We have two more weekends. So I'm going to play two more uh, past Spooky Spokes that really I thought were awesome, um, including last year's winner I think I'm going to play. That was a really awesome story. Uh, and so, yeah. So that will be coming up later in this show. Right now, Tobes. Tobes. Are you there, buddy? Tobes. Tobo, I wake up. You, my friend. Um, yeah, you know what, Tobor? Um, I listen. What do you have to? I wanted to say something. Like, we need a new intro to the show. Like, 
uh, Pod Chaser, I think it was this week, said, "Hey, describe your show on opposite if it was opposite day." And I said, "Like funny and entertaining and knowledgeable or something, and or, or uh, exceptional." I don't know what they said, but it's, it's totally our show is getting lamer and lamer. The less time I have to prepare, the more you're standing here staring at me all over. You know, staring at all over at me. I can't even speak right now, Tobor. And uh, it's because I'm a human. I know you can speak all the time because you're a robot. What would you say about this show? Like, how could we introduce it to people and make it, you know, like, just pair, like one word, one word, not one word, one word, don't say stupid. I know you say stupid or something like that. Just say, give me a phrase how we could describe the show to people or something we could say to people at the beginning of every show so they would kind of know, like, what they're in for. We will not hit you over the head with insider lingo, deep industry knowledge, or any knowledge for that matter. Yes, Tobor. Well put. I like that. We won't hit you over the head with any knowledge for that matter. Thanks, bro. All right. Speak into the mic. Like put my face on it like this and like talk like that. Oh, oh, back a little bit? Just like I had it like this? Like, don't smash my face on it? Okay, good. Um, thank you, Gloria, very, very much. Um, yes, Gloria is another robot that's here in the studio with us, and she is, and an honestly... Whose idea was that? It was yours, Tobor. It wasn't my idea to get another robot in here. Uh, I'm all for getting back to having humans on the show. In fact, I've done an interview with a few humans in the past few weeks, and we're going to be having a show coming up after Spooky Sparks that talks about all that fun stuff. Uh, and in the meantime, I was going to say we need to kick it off with uh, some music. I said that was, I said like three minutes ago, right? Let's just do it. Let's let's hit some music. Let's get an ad in here, you smart ass, and let's get to the next segment. It's called a Segway. S-U-A-G-W-A-Y. Segway. Folks at RP Enterprises solving two world problems with one great solution. You got a hankering for some of Grandma's hush puppies? Sure you do. They're delicious. You love them. Well, how about solving world hunger and the pet overpopulation problem with one easy, simple, tasty solution? Fist Puppies from RP Enterprises. Never have to listen to a Sarah McLaughlin song again about it. Fist Puppies available only at Hetty's on Fourth Street. tires reminding you to come on down and get everything you need for your bike we've got tires they're round they're made of rubber and we supply everything you need including valve stems the only thing you need to supply is the air that's right come down to flats tires we're on the corner of state street and first down in epperton i'm not the moon but a person needs new experiences I'm not the moon, but a person needs new experiences. I'm not the moon, 
better person needs a new experience. Yes, they do. Everybody, welcome back to another fantastic episode I'm of Creative Ready. Welcome back from the break. We are back with some, I would call this news, but I don't have the actual articles in front of me. Uh, I've seen them with my eyes, but I'm not going to read I'm them to the you. Um, Tobor, you know what's going on in the motorcycle industry? Of course, you don't even care. Listeners, do you know what's going on in the motorcycle industry right now? Listen up to this, home skillets. Uh, and tell me if this is like a, if this is yay or yay or nay. Uh, yeah. Tell me if I'm talking in a high enough voice for you to hear because some people like this. Some people like, like the lower stuff, especially when you smash your face up against the microphone like this, like ASMR. But anyways, listen. We're not all about that. We're talking about some yays or some nays in the motorcycle industry. Y'all know the beloved Honda Rebel? You know, there's a lot of weird stuff coming out of Honda lately, actually. Uh, there's the rumor that they may be supercharging the Africa Twin. And I also heard about Kawasaki potentially supercharging some other bikes as well. Oh, and then Suzuki. Suzuki supercharging the Hayabusa. Mm, or turbocharging? No, just supercharging. What's with all these alleged supercharged bikes being developed? And is Kawasaki still actually developing a, uh, I mean, they were first to the market with a modern, the only contemporary uh, supercharged motorcycle right now that I can think of. And I'm probably talking out of my booty uh, as somebody else is like, hey man, blah, 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 blah has one. Well, you name it then and you, you get your own damn show or come on this one and set me straight. But uh, they got the only supercharged bike that I could think of right now that's uh, mass-produced and has been driven across platforms now, the H2. The H2 is now the H2 Carbon. Well, it was the H2 and the H2 Carbon. is now the H2 SXSE+. And if you spell SXSE right, it spells sexy. And I think that is sexy. And I think uh, they are going to be developing it across a lot of stuff. There's a new ZX-10R coming soon. Is it going to be supercharged? I don't know. Ask. I'm not, I don't work at Kawasaki, uh, but what's up with the electric and supercharging stuff? Um, going to be permeating the market soon? We will see. <clears throat> Why would they be doing this? Well, let me tell you, folks. It's because people don't like to uh, choke stuff down for emissions and then have it suck power-wise. They don't want to give you stuff with like 192 horsepowers one day, and then the next week it has like 88 horsepowers because of all this emission stuff. So uh, the upside to that is supercharging everything. And that's why the the Busa actually left. It, uh, it quit selling in 18. I believe 19. I was shocked to see it come back, but that's because it was for the U.S. market only. And then I was really shocked to see it in 20. I am fairly certain that 20 is going to be the last year of the Busa. Uh, and they're going to be coming out with a replacement Busa excuse me, in 2021. So next gen BUSA, I guess you could say. Uh, not the end of the BUSA, but just the end of the BUSA as we know it, as the uh, naturally aspirated and often turboed and completely blown up on drag strips across America, 1300 stonky bike that we love so much. I think it's going to go to supercharged. Uh, and then you may see a lot of things going to supercharged after that. Um, the alternative to supercharging is, of course, electric. And the the thing is, is that both things achieve the same uh, goal, which is reducing emissions and being legal and able to sell to customers who want these products. Um, certain off-road stuff is going to be exempted because off-road 
has a different set of emissions because, you know, you're not going to, or are you going to sell more of them? I don't know. But you know what? Uh, I know that they do meet different emissions, um, uh, slightly different standards for both ones. And if you're going to have a vehicle that's on the road all the time, you're going to do one of two things. You're going to choke it down just like the 80s and 90s all over again, but but uh, adding superchargers to everything now because you're going to stick rubber grommets to restrict airflow here and there. You're going to have baffles here and there. You're going to do all sorts of great stuff to close stuff um, up in the system and make it efficient, but for motorbikes, it's still pretty powerful, right? Like motorbikes, even the one, uh, there's a lot of them that still comply with EPA uh, and California-specific um carb um, guidelines and they're still powerful as all get out so what's the supercharging stuff well blame europe everybody quit blaming california for your problems blame europe uh and california copies europe so i guess uh, you know blame europe for our problems too um so yeah a lot of stuff is a lot of stuff supposed to be getting supercharged i've heard africa twin i'm not 100 sure i can't remember the last uh yeah, I mean, I know Honda had turbos but back in the day, but I don't know the last supercharged Honda was. And so now rumors that the uh, Africa Twin may be getting that. And uh, like I said, Suzuki, Kawasaki spreading theirs out. So yeah, a lot of things. Uh, I think emissions is really going to come into play in the next few years. Um, a couple of episodes ago or like last episode that we were together here, we mentioned that um, in California specifically, they are going to ban a lot of car or ban the sale of cars. They're going to try and ban the sale of cars, um, you know, just to get car buyers or ma- manufacturers and buyers thinking like, hey, can we do this? Is it viable? Blah, 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 blah. You know, it doesn't mean they're going to outlaw cars that are existing, just the sale of cars in about 15 years. In 15 years' times, automakers and other people maybe may have seen the writing on the wall now, and they're investing in this stuff, and we'll see it trickle down, right? So um, my other thing is that they will keep – I don't think it's a matter of – Combustion, but we've said it before. We've said it a thousand times on the show. The combustion engine is almost like um, birdseed technology. It's been refined and boiled down so many to such an extent that they've had a hundred and when was the first uh, like petrol motorbike like eight, late eighteen hundreds? Um, they've had over a hundred years to. Uh, manufacture and perfect this and it hasn't got any more efficient per se. Gasoline has got a little cleaner and better. Things are burning cleaner because we're letting less of it out into the air. Um, But even when I used to race cars, when I first got into motorcycling, uh, there was a guy that raced at the SCCA with me that used to do... um, do a calculation and he calculated out that motorcycles pollute way worse than cars, right? And I always used to worry about that, you know, and so now things are, um, luckily in California and in the, the U.S. in general, uh, well, in California, motorbikes aren't, one of the, one of the states is toughest on smog, motorbikes don't have to get smogged, um, because of their weight and because of their efficiency, you know, the power to weight, uh, whatever it is, you know, not like a car, right? And true bikes only get like 45 miles to the gallon some cars get way more than that nowadays because they have hybrid uh motors hopefully bikes go that way soon too so my point being why would people be thinking about this why are we why are we uh why are we going into the supercharged thing and it's just because you get the same amount of power 
because you're supercharging things, you're force, forcing air and forcing better performance. Um, but the thing is, is you're choking it down further for restrictions. And if you think that uh, this is all, you know, you know, not going to come to pass, think about it. Um, I listen to a lot of electric car and electric news uh, podcasts and read a lot of electric magazines. I recently have since I've started thinking about this a couple, like a year ago. And guess what? Other countries are like totally on board with this and other countries are already going this way. So uh, for the United States, it's a wake up call. If you live in another country, if you live in like China or Australia or maybe some parts of Europe where you've seen this happen, uh, yeah, that'd be interesting to write into the show. Let us know. We could talk about it and see exactly what's going on. Um, also, the hybrid model, um, was it Honda? I forget if Honda was working on like a flex fuel motorcycle or a hydrogen cell motorcycle, which I heard is really hard uh, because of the space that hydrogen cells take up. I'm not like a hydro- hydrogen cell uh you know, I don't even dabble, bro. So I shouldn't even, I'm not going to start talking about, uh, anything about them except for the fact that I sh- I shall try to learn more about them. So I know what people are talking about. And is that is that, uh, I think they're not really, um, they don't really translate from automobile to bike like a lot of other technologies do. So it's a little bit harder, but there's a lot of mixed cars that have electric motors and gas motors and they get like, you know, you know, 20 mile range. And I heard somebody on an electric podcast make a really good point about, Hey, the only need, they only need to get a 20 mile range because like cities like Paris, I believe I talked about this last year where Paris was banning cars before a certain year because they don't meet the current EPA and they're not grandfathered it, not EPA. I'm sorry, whatever. That's the environmental protection agency. I'm sure France has the Agence de Protection Environnement. So whatever their version of the EPA is, uh, and Paris specifically, is not allowed. Uh, you know, they're not not allowed in the city anymore. Um, and it's probably due to noise, it's probably due to traffic, it's probably due to smog, all this great stuff um, that we love about r- driving and, and riding. And so <clears throat> you, you need a car that will get you pretty far on the gas motor. And then once you get to the city, you just turn it off and drive around the city to work all day or whatever it is, or go park in your parking garage five miles into, into town. Uh, then you've got to drive five miles back out and then you flick your gas motor back on. And so you don't need a, a gas, a free, like, you know, a, an electric, electric motor that's going to get you like 600 miles, you know, range or anything like that. All this range anxiety that people have. A lot of these cities that are uh, transitioning already, that's all you need to be able to do is get around the city. And if you live in the city and don't make many road trips, that's another reason for these cars. But some people are, I, this podcast was stated that some people ask, why would you need a hybrid? Like, why would they make something hybrid and then it only gets like 20 miles on the electric motor before you have to charge it up all night again? Well, that's why, because you're driving from out of town to into town. And when you're in town, you can't be on the gas. So you switch it to electric. You drive around town all day for your uh, work and go to drive to lunch, drive down to the titty bar and drive home. Or if you're ladies, you drive down to Tito's Topless uh, Tacos Tampanade t- uh, Taco Bar and Titty Tavern on Tuesdays in Toluca Lake and you see old junkie shaking his moneymaker. Um, then you drive back to the office after your martinis and uh, or whatever whatever you have, mojitos maybe, and uh, ceviche. 
and then you go back to work. Um, that was a long way to say you drive <laughs> you drive around in the city on your electric motor. Uh, so yeah, it's interesting to me. So so that is uh, a couple things. A couple I, I see bikes possibly doing that, having a small electric motor. No, restart later, computer. Do not restart now. Restart later. Later tonight. Or remind me tomorrow. Thank you, computer. Uh, anyway, so yeah, that's one thing. Uh, that's I do see that some of these rumors about supercharged bikes possibly being true and plausible because of that. And I and maybe I don't because I don't think the electric hybrid model of having an, an electric motor on top of a um, gas motor is going to fit for bikes. It's going to be good for bike weight. Definitely not going to have any performance bikes commuting anymore, you know. So I don't know. It's an interesting theory. I don't think it's going to translate. I think the supercharged thing is going to work for bikes much better. Same power, choke it down, but then uh, put a supercharger on it and give it get it back up to where it was without sacrificing uh, power for for emissions. Um, so Darth the supercharged bikes. Check that off. Check check. Uh, something else that I saw is. Uh, the Rebel 1100. Yes. What would you think if Honda took their um, cult classic, the bike that a whole generation learned on, a whole generations uh, learned on, a couple generations, and uh, the Rebel 250, um, and it recently, uh, what, in 2017, turned into the 300 and the 500? Or no, maybe it was even a few years ago. Yeah, 16, 17, somewhere around there. It changed to the uh, the bigger Rebels, the dual Rebels now, as you call them. Um, and they started using those uh, the twins and the single from their smaller bikes, putting them in there. Now I heard that they're going to go to, and I actually saw a uh, patent drawing, actually, for it, a Rebel 1100. And what are they thinking? So it's going to be like a V configuration. I believe it was a V four maybe uh and i'm not i'm guessing a v twin 1100 ain't that huge for a v twin but i think it was a v4 uh maybe it will be a v twin maybe they'll repurpose some of the fury v twins or something but could you imagine uh they had the cb 1100 a few years ago beautiful bike saw one like a um i don't know like a 11 2011 or 12 or something like that for sale I forget when they quit making them. I want to say they quit making them in 18. They might have had them in Canada uh, longer than they had them in the States. But I always thought, beautiful bike. Oh, my God, it looks just like an old CB. Well, not just like, but, you know, it's very well done. It's kind of like when Dodge does a retro version of their cars. They usually do a pretty good job when, like, a lot of other people do. They don't so much. Um, I thought that um, this was a very – that CB1100 that was available for – just a few years there, you know, a few years ago, was a perfect throwback, <clears throat> excuse me, to the CB, like, 750, CB400. It was just huge, though. I mean, it was 1,100, you know? and But it still made the same power. It was not very, not very powerful bike. I think it might have had, like, 60 horsepower or something like that. Um, and it was a little bit heavy, but it was just a retro-looking bike that really looked cool. But that, you can't sell people on looks all the time, especially if you're Honda, Right. Um, and so this new Rebel looks obviously nothing like the Rebel 250. This is the will be if it comes into production. If these are truly not spy shots of a just another V twin or V four, whatever it was, getting hit in like a body, a cruiser body, you know, because they um, 
they have redone their CB line. So if this is not a Rebel 1100, if it's just like a CB 1100 um, getting hidden in the, uh, what's it called, the um, paperwork, you know, the filings as a Rebel. But if they do bring the Rebel out as an 1100, what do you guys think? What do you think about that? A bike that whole generations grew up on as a 250 and it has only recently moved into the 300 slash 500 range, um, going to 1100, like doubling its capacity. Massive explosions of flame and coolness from a rebel. Uh, yeah. Right. Sorry about that. Um, anyway, so yeah, there we go. That is the, the Rebel 1100 rumor that I've heard. I've also heard the supercharged bikes rumors. I'm going to cross both of these off of my listy list here. And Kawasaki's coming out with the new ZX-10R. That's a rumor. Uh, I think it's a well-placed rumor. I'm going to mark that off my sheet here. They just came out with the ZX-10R like three years ago, two years ago. And so I think it's about time for another one. Or maybe that was the ZX-10RR. I, I have no idea. Um, also, Honda CBR-1000RRR. Well, we already know that thing's out. I crossed that off my list. Yep. So, yeah, we got a lot of uh, a lot of cool stuff. Let's take another quick break real fast and let me regroup here and do a little bit of booger sugar, wake myself up a little bit. Tobor, you're doing a horrible job of being my wingman over here. And we'll get right back to some more creative writing after this quick commercial break from our friends at Dillagaff Motorsports. Life too short not to give a crap, not to live it to its hardest and fullest. Yeah, you heard me. I said hardest and fullest. Right next to each other in a sentence. Oh, oh, oh man. This is Dylan O'Reilly from Dillogaff Motorsports. Come on down here. Get your Harley Davidson, your Indian, your SS Cruiser, your Big Dog, your Mac Dog, your Dirty Daddy, your Boss Hoss. Show off that little dick of yours and ride away on a brand new motorcycle from Dylan McGillicuddy's Dillogaff Motorsports. Down here at the edge of Blarton, right next to Kreider's Leathers down behind the motorcycle. Don't be a pussyhead. Come on down. Wear your chaps and your lipstick. Because you're going to suck a good price right out the door. Yeah, you heard me right. Our prices don't suck, but you will. All right. Well, thank you for our show sponsor this week, Dillagaff Motorsports. I, that didn't even make sense, did it? Did that make sense to you, Tobor? Yeah, that's psycho. I know, it was kind of just a weird, rambly, I don't, okay. Our prices don't suck, but you do. I feel, I feel dirty. I'm going to go take a quick shower. Uh, all right. Hey, everybody, welcome back to uh, Creative Writing. And uh, we're almost an hour. And I thought this show was going to be 15 minutes, Tobor, you know, didn't you, uh, at the beginning? Um, so, listen. Uh, oh, yeah. You did? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say you're shaking your head. Yeah. Um, anyway, listen to this. Here's some quick news really, really fast. Uh, let me hit up our... Let me get up our... This is the news ticker. All right. That's our news ticker sound effect, everybody. We don't have any...
Right, it's a little late, but that's okay. And it was a little short. Uh, anyway, listen up. Uh, I was reading up here. You're never going to believe this, by the way. You're never, ever going to believe this. After last couple of weeks ago, I talked about smoking the Bandit shit happening while people were getting out of town to do beer runs on other provinces, states, uh, territories and countries uh, before another round of lockdowns went down. I don't know if that's all happening still. I feel like things are easing here in the States, even though I guess like we're heading toward another spike. Who knows? I don't even give a shit anymore. But uh, Valentino Rossi, guess what? He's fallen in the last two uh, races, which I guess kind of GP, it's super bike time where it's back-to-back weekend, so I don't know if they meant that. I'm pretty sure that's what they meant when I was reading this article. He fell down and went boom. In the last two races. You didn't like that little song I just made up about him? Valentino Rossi fell down and went boom. In the last two races. Bang! Um, so anyway, yeah, he, went, he fell down in the last uh, two races in a row, which I think were both in... Not Spain. I forget where they were at. Uh, maybe France. Uh, you know, Fran- France is famous for their banana uh, lime meringues. And uh, if you have a lot of banana, if you do a lot of cooking with bananas or uh, mena- uh, what are they called? Merde, as they call them over there. I think that's how you say banana in French. Um, th- they leave a bunch of merde peels out on the track. And you slip and slide in Merid, from what I've heard. And you, you know, maybe that's the reason. There's a lot of banana baking going on in France. He's slipping in some banana peels and falling down. Uh, but he's fallen down twice in the last two, after being in, like, second place or something like that. He can't stand the pressure, man. That's what it is. Um, he He's self-sabotaging his own career. He could have been still getting championships since 2009 or whenever the last time he had one was, but he's self-sabotaging. I just know it. Uh, Anyway, so after falling twice in a row at two consecutive races, um, his his sponsor will soon be Life Alert. Is that the... Is that the right? No, Life Alert. That's the one that checks your credit and makes sure your identity theft. That's Life Lock. Yeah. So no, Life Alert. Yeah, I was right. Life Alert is going to be his uh, sponsor. That's the company that makes the I've fallen and I can't get up bracelets for old people. Uh, Valentino Rossi is basically like the Troy Bayless slash Jeff May of, uh, is Jeff May that old? I can't remember, of um, uh, GP Premier Class Racing. Now he, uh, you know, fell down twice I fall and I can't get up. Oh, yeah. What was my next joke? Oh, yeah. He has COVID. Oh, yeah. That was my next joke. Uh, yeah. So, listen, not only has he been struck down twice on the racetrack, now he's uh, been struck down in the race series. He is not going to be racing um, the ne- next two, I'm guessing, uh, GPs here at Spain. And so he has to sit out. And I believe at the French GP, six Yamaha crew guys were out with COVID already. And hmm, let me see if, if what I've seen in, in the new, fake news is correct. Um, there's a thing called community spread that you could pass it on to other people. Um, and I know they follow protocols and I know they wear masks as big as anyone's ever seen and stand 200 yards away from people and whatever else people have said in the debates this year, but I guess it's still possible to get, you know, get struck down by this thing. So he's a healthy dude. He's only 41. I think he'll be all right. Um, I remember I had a Spetsna flu back in the 1800s, right after I got polio and smallpox, which really both kind of suck by the way. And then I got dengue fever and small, <clears throat> small mites. They call them small mites cause they only infest small people. Um, so pff, 
fucking that's even threw threw me for a loop. But anyway, um, yeah. So I mean, I understand being plagued with uh, pandemics and biblical proportion uh, plagues and all that stuff. I guess what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I'm no epidemiologist, but I think the word I'm looking for is sickness. Um, so yeah. Anyways, he's gonna be sitting out, but like I said, he's healthy, um, and so hopefully he'll be back. He said he's following protocol. He's he has quarantined himself after he found out. And I'm guessing it'll be 14 days. I don't know if the rest of the world has a 14-day quarantine, um, but whatever it is, <clears throat> whatever their protocol, he said he may be able to make it to the next race weekend. So I'm guessing he sits out this week, sits out the first week when he found out, then sits out this week. That's going to be 14 days till the next next race. So we'll see. Anyway, he's 13 in the championship points. It would have been cool to see him get on the podium again. Um, but yeah, so... Anyway, he was already out of the title fight, uh, but he has three straight crashes, actually. Three straight, not two straight, three straight. Oof, that's even, that's this fourth COVID crash is the hardest one. Um, Actually, listen, he's crashed three times. He claims COVID. You think he's, uh, think he's doing it for support and to get out of the... (laughs) Not get out of his contract, but get out of support. Um, that or get out of the season early. Um, that's another thing. He signed on for net. We all knew he was losing his factory ride. Oh no. Uh, we all knew he was um, uh, losing his factory ride this year, but he's signing with Patronus Satellite Team, which uh, he made official today. And everybody's already known for the last uh, 25 years. Um, but he is going to apparently get factory support still. I don't think Mark Marquez could leave Honda for a satellite Honda team and get uh, factory support. I think this is a thing. Like, that's what being a legend and being in the sport for so long it makes possible for you, um, is makes it able for you to basically do this sort of stuff and, and be with Yamaha and drive them to a bunch of victories. I think that's a uh, great, it's good for Rossi. Sorry about that. We had to take a quick little break for a uh, quick little issue. <laughs> yeah. Just a nuclear bomb getting dropped on the studio. That's all. Um, no. All right. Yes. No. Yes. Um, last thing I want to say, there's two things to wrap up here with, and one of them is not this one. Uh, one of them is, oh, yeah, this made news. Um we already knew that. Where did it go? Oh, yeah, here we go. AFT, I wanted to say, wrapped up the 2020 Progressive American Flat Track uh, point standings. Super, super close race. Or, well, super close series, I should say. Uh, I don't know about the race. I believe the very last race, the AFT uh, finale in Daytona, which just aired, what, tonight? Um, 
you could see it and you could watch everything, but then you can watch the races. <laughs> you can watch some of the, the mains were only available. You had to switch over to NBC uh, Gold Flat or Gold Choice Spark, whatever the hell it's called. Uh, you had to flip over to that. And so unfortunately, I couldn't watch the mains. Apparently, there was a lot of people commenting from Australia and uh, maybe the UK, too, saying that's no way to grow the sport because we can't watch it here either in Australia and the UK, in Europe in general. Love Speedway. Would love to watch some flat track, but we just don't offer it over there. So I don't know what they're doing. You know what they should do? I know they have a deal with NBC. Doesn't Moto America have some deal with some cable company and maybe not like a network, but maybe a cable network. A, uh, Moto America airs all their own stuff on their Moto America YouTube channel. And I don't know who their um, broadcast partner is. I don't know who they get their feed from. I don't know the terms of their contract. So I can't really say this without <coughs> knowing a bunch of the other details that might matter uh, when this happens. But AFT... Um, should follow the Moto America example and put their stuff out on their YouTube channel the day after it happens. Like once it's done and you get it produced down, throw it up there. Even the same day, I think, uh, Moto America has some of their stuff up. And I am able to uh, pay f- you know, for Moto America stuff that I want to see live and uh, also watch their YouTube channel for stuff that, that I don't really care if it's live or not. Go back and watch races. Go back and watch stuff and see how knowing what it does in the end and then going back to see how it got there and making it make sense. Um, yeah. So anyways, I, yeah. At any rate, AFT, you can do better. We can all do better, right? It's 2020. That's the motto. We can all do better. Um, so yeah, let me see. And why did they miss? I didn't, did they miss the progressive Charlotte half mile because of rain? But did something happen there? I don't know why they missed that. Hur- uh, hurricane, possibly. Um, but anyways, I really haven't been watching the uh, flat tracks this year. But I will tell you that this is a very close championship here. Um, I think Brandon Robinson... Brandon Robinson, I think, took first in the last race. But came in fourth in the overall um, standings. Briar Bauman uh, won it again. And uh, Jared Meese right behind again. Bauman and Meese. Bauman, the uh, title champion last year, retains the title this year by nine stinking points with six wins to Jared Meese's five wins. Um, and, yeah, so that is – it came down to some of the firstes and secondses. And Meese had one, two, three, four, five um, – off the podium spots where, uh, let me see, the worst Bauman finished was the very last race. He finished fourth. All he had to do was finish fourth for those nine points there to win Mies. Um, and Mies finished second. So yeah, I think it was I think it was Robinson, um, Mies, and Halbert on the podium uh, at the last race. If I if I read the results correctly and if I can remember what they said uh, from the last race, but yeah, man, talk about Jared Meese beating Bauman by one spot in the race or two spots in the race, but losing out uh, by nine points in the freaking championship. So uh, Briar Bauman sealing it up for all you guys in Australia and Europe that couldn't see it in England and stuff like that. Uh, that is how it turned out. We had uh, Robinson. 
Meese and Halbert, I'm pretty sure, on the podium. Yep, that's what I'm looking at the results right here. With uh, Bauman trailing Halbert uh, in fourth and taking the overall series championship. Nine points. You know you get 25 for first, 20 for second. And, oh, no, 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 no. I'm wrong about this. Listen. At the Springfield Mile, Bauman had a, a seventh. So Meese, um, that really threw his averages off. He's like all ones, twos with a couple threes and then a four at the very last race. With that one seven, really stinks him up. Where Meese had a bunch of ones, twos, threes, and a, quite a few fours. So it was one of those fours that really, and Bauman seven, that put him you know, so close there at the end. Because, yeah, it's it's hard. It's, a, it's like 20 or 25 to 20 as the points drop. So five points drops per uh, position, per race, and to be nine apart, man. Woo! That comes down to a couple seconds. Um, last thing I want to say, what's this? Oh, um, there's a MotoGP race tomorrow. I won't be watching that uh, either, I don't think, because I'm going to be busy in the garage tomorrow, uh, getting ready for this upcoming week. And at Glen Helen, there's going to be a motorcycle event. I wanted to cue people into because there was one today i'm pretty sure called the halloween hill climb put on by hell on wheels which is a yearly um event put on by that club and it's here in my own backyard and people dress up and do funny stuff on motorbikes going up the big hill there at uh, Glen helen so let's see the first of four rounds of the 2020 ama enduro cross championship series will be held at Glen helen raceway in san bernardino california october 23rd 24th and then 29th and 30th so two consecutive weekends go check it out Glen helen is not that expensive you may camp uh there are a bunch of things that you can do at Glen helen and I think the spectator fee was pretty cheap. I think it was like, uh, if I'm if I remember correctly, it was it was like I don't know twenty bucks per person uh, per day. So and then the two day pass is thirty five or something like that. So yeah, go check it out. Kids five and under are free if you're in the area and you're going to be around two weekends of uh, enduro cross racing stadium track um at the stadium cross track so it's gonna be awesome fun glenn helen's a great uh venue to go spectate multi you know anything they have a trophy truck track there that's fun to watch stuff at too so yes all right let me get out of here let me do this and this and this all right let's uh do a little tow board hit me up with a little bit of music um we are gonna get out of here a little bit early because of the issue popping up um, so we're in here like an hour. Yeah, let's hit up a little music. Let's get into our third segment, wrap up with the spooky spoke and get y'all out of here. An hour and 15, 20 minutes is a good time for a podcast for you to get back to work and get back to whatever you're doing. Get back to riding, living, loving life and wiping a poodle on the floor to clean up some spilled cereal. We'll be right back with the creative writing. Zappers. Zappers. We got them. Whappers. Whappers. We got them. We got everything you need for your off-road adventure this summer at Nathan's Power Sports Village in Durston. Brakes, we got those. Tires, we got those. Seatbelts for your motorcycles, we got those. Visit us down at Nathan's Power Sports Village, just east of Durston. Durston. 
25 and a half years, no pickle has been more trusted by motorcycle champions everywhere than Clobman Pickles. You want to win your race? Put a Clobman Pickle in your face. Clobman's guaranteed. Clubman's in your mouth and a championship trophy on your shelf. Clubman's the only pickle for motorcyclists. All right, everybody, welcome back. Eat a Clubman pickle. It'll make you giggle. I know that doesn't rhyme 100%, but Kanye West, it does. Um, hey, listen, we are going to wrap up the show pretty, like, right now, I think, uh, and skip. We're going to plug a sp- spooky spook here from next year. Let's do this real fast, Tober. Let's get into this Blue Line special. Um, really, really fast. Uh, so everybody, I've been playing Forza four like crazy late at night, usually, uh, after everyone's gone to bed, but also with my kids during the day, I was very lazy today. Pardon me. I did not do motorcycle stuff. I did. Well, besides draw a dumb motorcycle, um, before heading over here to the dumpster studio, um, been playing Forza four with the kids. And I, I remember seeing Wiggins play this a while ago and with every, with every race game that I've ever played, I hate when they have little guides on there, like little arrows showing you where to drive. I don't mind if it's for a tutorial or something like that, but in the real world, you don't see that. And when I play games, I like to see like the real world. I don't like to be driving down the road on video game or real life and see like a little line pointing me where to go because you pay more attention to that line, in my opinion, than what's actually up ahead of you in the road. And I've been watching my kids play, and they're pretty good drivers. I'm. There's two things I want to talk about here. One is the Blue Line special in uh, stark dad joke uh, reference contrast to the Blue Light special, which I believe means you're getting an item cheaply. And this is what I'm saying. Is this Blue Line special a cheat to make life better? Are we making people better? And would you use it if it were real? So let's get into this. Let's break this down really quickly so we can get out of here. Um, the blue line on this video game shows you where to go, where to turn, where to break, all that great stuff. My my uh, beef with it is that it kind of guides you across lanes and it kind of guides you. It, it takes you definitely on the best um, racing line. And it lays that down for you. What it doesn't take into effect are there everything else in your environment. What if there's a car right there at the time? What if there's a car to your left or right as you're supposed to be drifting out to do this outside, inside, outside, uh, perfect apex of this corner? You always, in real life too, have to adjust for the situation. What if you're not coming in exactly on the line coming into the corner. Are you going to be able to exit on that same line going out of the corner? Likely not. If it's like a computer-generated overlay of like the uh, ideal corner, right? And breaking with everything, right? Uh, and if you're a rider, um, Wiggins and I have talked about this before where he he's pretty sure, and I probably agree with him, that there are GPS maps on um, very expensive premier class bikes like the F1 of, of racing. So that could be uh, bikes that race Isle of Man. That could be even though like the highest class that race Isle of Man, bikes that race MotoGP, uh, you know, anything like that. Any, anything where people are bound to invest a lot of technology where you can have a map of the track and it won't let you put that much brakes in based on the GPS and feedback of how you rode before. AI is getting crazy where it's learning a lot of stuff, but so is augmented reality, which is where you're taking something and augmenting that reality or altering that reality 
to interact with you in a different way. So you're when you're that to me, that's not just a visual thing. That's also like the bike when you're squeezing the brake or rolling on the throttle and the mapping doesn't let you give those inputs because according to the uh what's it called? According to the algorithm that it learned and the layout of where you're at and how far you're leaning to what you're doing. Um and for the GPS on the track at the time, that you should be wide open or you should have a little bit less brake or more brake. They're not taking into account that there is a maybe a rider in front of you that you're trying to also slow down for and you're trying to swerve in a little further, whatever it is. So my kids play with this blue line, right? Make a long story short. And we're playing Forza Horizons 4. And I haven't played a car racing game in a long time. I love motorcycle racing games. I've always said the people that made uh, Tourist Trophy um, are the same people that made Gran Turismo, which is one of the best racing games, in my opinion, in the world um, for a long time standing. And I hope that these new motorcycle games that are out, I might actually go in and play one, download it and play it and try it. I hope that they're just as good, right? And one thing that has always bugged me, no matter what it is, car game, motorcycle game, you name it, is that thin the blue line special where you get shown how to drive and it doesn't teach you to take into account things in your environment. So this is my thing as vehicles are getting smarter and as, as they are getting GPS, as you know, or it may not know, cause I didn't uh, mention it on last week's show that um, BMW is getting, has, has announced that they, well, first of all, Ducati announced they're getting radar. Um, I didn't put it in my show show notes. I forget if I mentioned it on last week's show, but they're having like adaptive radar on their bikes, front and rear. Um, And one of them is for cruise control. So if you're speeding up on a car and it sees a car in front of you, it drops off instead of just staying at 75 or 185, whatever you're doing. Also rear collision detectance or avoidance or something like that. So the rear... uh, probably turns on more lights and warns them they're about to hit you something like that for the rear radar at any rate or it could speed your bike up maybe if it detects something coming in at just like a couple miles an hour faster than you it might speed you up i don't know 100 how these things work but they're there to protect you and they got that like eagle eye shield armor thing i forget exactly what the uh trademark name is it but it's basically like a defense shield around you right 360 degree eagle eye something like that so would you, um, oh, before I move on, BMW has similar to the same thing. It is uh, an adaptive cruise control radar only right now. But would you, the smarter bikes are getting, and the more and more like stuff like that is getting built into them and it's trickling down from cars. GPS is trickling down from cars. Um, as we all know, your phone knows where you are 100% of the time and can probably track uh, apps like Waze use community gathered data. Um, and so it could probably track averages for corners, certain corners and stuff like that, and like only let you give or help you give gas or and brake a little bit uh, as you're moving through these corners, right? So my question would be, if you could... Whether you and this goes out to people that listen to this podcast that drive or ride, it doesn't matter. If you could, would you have a thin blue line projected on your windshield or up in your helmet, like a heads-up display, uh, like a review? Have you ever seen those review helmets that has a review mirror, but you could also project forward? I think. Would you have it like that, or or like a, a Scully helmet or anything like that, which had like a little HUD in the corner, just a heads-up display? Uh, 
for cars, that weird technology that displays stuff on your screen, would you just like a little blue line? When you hit your navigation, instead of watching it down there on the screen that looks like an iPad or whatever the hell or a smartphone, would you rather see it up on your actual screen? Um, would you like to see breaking points? Would you like to see turn-in points? My whole thing about this is that I know that technology makes bad riders better and great riders even greater, and it can help a bad rider be a great rider. But my thing is also that like having a line on, uh, uh, what's it called? GPS is one thing because it tells you turn right here, turn left here. But it doesn't say, hey, it doesn't show you a little line with like breaking zones and everything. And why? Because there could be something in the way there. You know what I'm saying? There could be a car in front of you. You know, there's all these funny little things that um, this line implies in this video game. And it just got me thinking because manufacturers are getting more on board with all this weird stuff where it's trickling down. They may be putting GPS integrated uh, features on bikes soon. And, and uh, if they did, or even if they knew it had a heads up display where you're, where you're, it's not even integrated, it doesn't even control your bike, but it just shows you a blue line, like for directions up on your screen or up in your helmet, whatever it is. Would you use it? Would you take it? I don't, that's one thing I've never liked. And I don't think I would, because I think I would be looking at the blue line and not looking 12, 15, 20 seconds ahead at what's coming up, right? That's the whole thing about it. So uh, on one hand, I'm really excited. My kids have loved Forza. They always used to say, blah, 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 dad, stupid racing games or something like that. And now that's all they want to do is play Forza. And I was telling them, hey, we've actually seen some of the Hoonigan cars at, um the Peterson. Oh, and this car we've seen at the Peterson. Hey, look, this car we just saw driving on the road. Hey, look, this car is passing us right now, right? So it's getting them engaged. It's getting them involved in their surroundings in a weird little way. You wouldn't expect a video game to get kids involved, but it is. It's involving them in their surroundings and making them aware of the cars around them. And hopefully, just hopefully, it translates them into better drivers. Whether or not they end up riding motorbikes, uh, I don't care, but just to look out for stuff and be more aware of everything while they're driving, right? But if they get used to this blue line telling them where to go, I'm already worried about that. And they've only been playing Forza for like a week. So, or like, yeah, I just am unsure about it. And I just wanted everybody's opinion. I know ABS, cornering ABS, yaw control, IMUs, they're all great. They let us lean over and not bin our brand new bike. But if they went... if when things start going further, if they do project a heads-up display of a map or something, would you take it? I might take a map, but it's not going to be like on a racing line or something like that. If you were to be carving the twisties and it had a little blue map, would you keep it or would you just lose it? I'd lose it. I would just turn it off because it would be distracting to me to look at the road rather than looking where I'm going. I don't know. That's my opinion. I'm sticking to it. Uh, stick around. We're going to come back in a little uh, with the spooky spoke here in a minute. And for me, I'm out. So I will do my sign-offs now, plug a spooky spoke in, and drop them in at the end. Everybody else, you have, uh, stick around for an example of what to do for spooky spokes. And I uh, will talk to you in a little bit. Supposed to be having crap happen to me. God dang. All right. Well, the next story is chilling, and uh, to help me out, I figure I'd help in an expert on the subject. Uh, we got Satan here to help me read this next story. Come on in, buddy. Well, thank you. 
I'm so happy you called me in to be part of your show. <laughs> Alright, bro. Read the damn story. So this creepy story comes from a man in Wisconsin named Car Cheap Trick. His story starts out like this. So, my creepy story goes back about eight years ago. A good friend of mine, Dan, and I were out on our supermotos. We both had DRZ 400 SMs. We were north of home in Washington County, roughly 30 minutes straight north of Waukesha. There's a place up here called Holy Hill. It's a huge, beautiful, twin-steeple church built on top of the biggest hill in the area, and it's very hilly. It's a wooded area. It was about this exact time of year, and we headed up there on an unusually warm evening. It had to be close to 70 degrees for us to be out as late as we were in October. Some of the best roads and riding are in the Holy Hill area. We made it to the area around dusk and were just riding random roads and enjoying the weather. Uh, both of us have a pretty good sense of direction and never really felt lost, but as it got darker and clouds rolled in covering the moon, no lights in the area and road names became irrelevant. Since we didn't know the area great to start with, we didn't know which roads went where. And our compass, the moon, was gone also. Neither of us had a smartphone, and so we kept riding, which felt like in circles, no matter which way we turned at intersections, we could not get out of what seemed like the same damn road. Mind you, these are narrow, twisty, hilly gravel and tree-canopy-covered roads. We stopped at a few intersections to see it. Neither of us had a clue which way was up. We both agreed we were not really sure where we were or which way to go. We kept riding looking for a main road, and at this point it's so dark that at 25 miles per hour, we were out riding the beam of our headlights. The hills and twists and turns had us at a snail's pace looking for cues that we had been there before. We both felt like we were riding in circles, and literally I lost in a ten-square-mile area in pitch-black darkness. As we continued on, I started feeling something like a panic attack. Uh, the feeling that there was something just off the road watching us. Blowing leaves and crackling branches is all that breaks the night silence. The hair on my neck is standing up and I'm getting goosebumps. I stop and say to Dan, something isn't right. We need to get the hell out of here. And Dan doesn't usually say much, but he had a look. And I knew he was spooked as well. We managed to hit an intersection we had not crossed before and appeared to be a main road. We hung a right and bailed fast, not even knowing north from south. We lucked out, and the next sign we saw indicated that we were headed south toward home, and the moon, previously unseen, came out from behind the clouds. Once close to home, we parted ways and ended the ride. We both still agree there was something weird that night, and I refused to go back to that area at night at all. 
Even during the day, I recognized nothing of what I saw that night. It was very Twilight Zone type feeling. About a year later, a county highway worker was out picking up roadkill, dead deer and such, and he had stopped to fill out some paperwork when something got in the back of his truck and took a dead deer. All he could say was, it was big. Who knows if we were being hunted that night, and I'm not a supernatural Bigfoot believer type, but something wasn't right that night. I've only shared that ride story less than five times, and I've never had that feeling before or since. Oh my God, Satan. Thanks for that rendition. That was great. And thanks for Car Cheap Trick for sending that in. Uh, I corresponded with him later, and he said that there are stories of a Bigfoot-type thing being spotted in Washington County, but you can never believe that shit. All I'm saying is that is creepy. I hate those feelings. I hate those feelings that something's off in the bushes watching you. All right, everybody. That has been our show. I hope you enjoyed your spooky spoke. I hope this show was short enough for you that it's not too long. doesn't uh, keep you from getting to work if you're working today or if you're listening to this today while you're at work. Uh, and I hope it was just long enough. And I didn't ramble too too much on weird random stuff to not make sense. Tobor, I hear you. Uh, I hear you crackling over there. You about to uh, about to exchange get? Oh God, Tobor, I can't even talk. Um, Tobor, Tobor, tell me again. What will you tell people about this show? We will not hit you over the head with insider lingo, deep industry knowledge, or any knowledge for that matter. Okay. You jerk. You jerk what? Um. I will research some of these show topics and bring them back to you next week. We'll follow up. Are there actually uh, turbocharged bikes or supercharged bikes coming on the pipes? Um, is it really emissions related? Is that what's going on? I want to find out what's going on with emissions this year and uh, the stop in production that I've seen happen this year and what it means, what COVID has meant this year for bikers and um, the industry as a whole. So uh, check up and I'll follow up with that. I also want to follow up with the the Rossi Blue Line Special. What do you guys think about that? Think about it. Email us at the show your opinion uh, or check us out on Instagram, Creative Writing Podcast. Also, you can find us on Twitter at creative underscore writer and you can check us out on uh, Facebook at Creative Writing Podcast as well. Uh, or just email us or go to Facebook and hit the email button and it'll send an email to us. So tell us what you think. The blue light special, the blue line special rather. Would you uh, follow this blue line if you had it for real life in your windshield and in your helmet or heads up display wherever you have that? Um, or would you not? Would you like to see stuff um, more from a raw point of view and process all that data yourself whilst following uh, the directions much like you do today? All right. And with that, we are out. Please send your spooky spoke submissions in by the 30th so that we can put a show out on the 31st. Afterward, we shall judge it. After we hear the show, um, we will judge it. I may have an independent uh, helper help me uh, judge and give another opinion so it's not just me picking it out. Uh, send your submissions to creativewritingpodcast.gmail.com. As per usual, um, we love you all. Stay safe. Ride fast. Jump off a uh, bridge. Land into a truck full of uh, baby chickens that catch you and say, oh, my God, motorbikes are the best thing in the world. And then 
peck you to death because you weren't wearing it. All right, everybody. I'll